Welcome to the Tape Ministry of the Embassy of the Word of God, where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the Word of Faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's Word. Welcome to tonight's meeting. Let's bow our heads for our prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word and to be impacted by your word. We ask, blessed spirit of God, that you will speak to us. Let there be clarity in the teaching of your word. Let your word come with simplicity. Let somebody be blessed, impacted, and affected by your word. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over the mind of your children. And we ask, O oh God, that it will walk with the mind of the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, tonight we want to once again get into the theme for the month. You have been wonderful in following through with all the preparation for the year, which is a year of the spirit life. And tonight we want to look at the life from above. And we're looking at the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. Hallelujah. For Romans chapter number 8, we'll take it from the verse number 1. Romans chapter 8, we'll take it from the verse number 1. And I read. For the scripture says, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death hallelujah for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Hallelujah. Verse number four, that the righteousness of the law might be, that the righteousness of the law might be, praise God, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, praise the Lord. So tonight we're looking at the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. 
the law of the spirit of life. Now we have established, we have established that there is the difference between the law of the spirit of life and the law of the spirit of the, the law of sin which leads to death. Now, when the scripture talks about the law of the spirit, the law of the spirit which leads to death, the law of the spirit. Now, the law of sin, I beg your pardon, the law of sin that leads to death. That's what the, the book of Romans is saying. There is therefore no, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So the first principle is to be in Christ Jesus. Now, when you come into Christ Jesus, what you receive is called a law. And it's called the law of the spirit of life. Praise God. The law of the spirit of life. And the law of the spirit of life, the scripture says, is higher than any other law. It is called the law that rules supreme over every other law. Praise the Lord. So the law of the spirit of life is a superior law. It's the law we received at new birth. So at new birth, what you received is called the law of the spirit of life. Praise God. The law of the spirit of life. Now, what are laws? Very simple and straight to the point. Laws are fixed in nature. Once they are engaged, one of the things you will find is that they produce the same results anywhere in the world. So laws have in them the inherent ability or capacity to deliver certain results. Praise the Lord. They have the ability to deliver certain results because within them are programmed the ability to deliver what they are supposed to deliver. So, for example, we have the law of um, gravity. The law of gravity makes sure that anything that is in the air can be pulled down. The capacity, the ability to pull anything that is in the air down is called the law of gravity. Now, the law of gravity is put in place you don't need to do anything about the law as long as you are anywhere stationed on the planet earth the law of gravity will exert on you and will make sure that you are pulled down but when it comes to the law of aerodynamics which flights use you'll find out that for anything to circumvent the law of gravity you need another law you need a law that is stronger and higher than the law of um, gravity. And it's a mixture of the law of lift, the law of aerodynamics to move, and the law of lift to move a plane from the ground into the air with how many number of people that could be, the plane could be carrying because of another law that is higher than the law of gravity. Now, these laws have been programmed by God. No amount of anything you do can change them. They do what they are meant to do. 
The same way, when it comes to spiritual laws, spiritual laws have been programmed to work in a certain way by God. So, Romans chapter 8 is telling us that there is a law that is higher than the law of sin. The law of sin came into effect when Adam, the first man, sinned. Romans chapter 5, the verse number 12. Romans chapter 5, the verse number 12. The scripture reads, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So when the scripture says the law of sin and death, it is not two words put together. It is the law of sin that leads to death. Hallelujah. Or the law of sin which is equal to death. So it's not two things. It is sin that produces what? Death. So death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. So Adam's sin affected all of the cosmos. Why? Because Adam was placed in charge of the earth. So because Adam was placed in charge of the earth, everything Adam did affected the earth. Anything he did not do did not affect the earth. What he did affected the earth. And when it affected the earth, it affected every man. Hallelujah. Now, listen to this. Now it says, nevertheless, verse 14. No, sorry. Verse 13 says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So death was doing its own thing because the law of sin has kicked in. So whether we do anything about it, whether it is recognized or not, it has been put into effect. It has been put into effect. Hallelujah. And so it is working against men. It's called the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. It's called the law of sin and death. Now, so the law of sin and death has the ability to destroy, has the ability to cause things to come into death. Praise the Lord. Has the ability to cause things to die. Now, for this to happen, Adam had to sin. Now, but when in the garden, Adam was given only one law. So there is such a thing as the law of the spirit of life, which is higher than the law of sin that leads to death. The law of the spirit of life is powered by the life-giving spirit. It is powered by what? The life-giving spirit. First Corinthians 15 from the verse number 45. First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Hallelujah. A quickening spirit. And by a quickening spirit, we are saying that he was made... Is it... And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit or the life-giving spirit. 
Verse 4, it says, How be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is what? Natural. And after that, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So the law of the spirit of life is powered by the law of the, the, by the Lord from heaven, hallelujah, and by his life-giving spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is called the life-giving spirit. It's the same life that produced, it's the same spirit, I beg your pardon, that produced life in Jesus Christ when he died. Romans 8 tells us that. Romans chapter 8, the verse number 11 said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, from the dead. So it is the same life that gives life to dead things, especially Jesus Christ, the new creation, the first creation from the dead. The Bible says, if the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave, if that same spirit dwells in you, that same spirit shall quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. That same spirit shall quicken your mortal bodies. That same spirit shall quicken your mortal bodies. And so, this is a spirit that quickens the bodies of men. Sin always leads to death. That's what Romans is telling us. Sin leads to death. Sin always leads to death. If we learn how to function in the law of the spirit of life, what it means is that we will not walk in death, but we will walk in what? In life. So it says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin, which leads to death. When you come into Christ, you receive the very life of Christ. Galatians 2.20 tells us this. Let's go to Galatians 2.20 and let's uh, quickly look at what the scripture says. Galatians chapter number 2, the verse number 20. I read. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 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 And the life, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. He loved me and gave himself for me. So the life we live in the flesh is the life of the Son of God. Is the life of Christ. Praise the Lord. Is the life of Christ. And this life is called the Zoe life. Is the life of Christ that lives in us. This is the same life that the Holy Spirit in the believer gives to the believer, quickening his mortal body, causing his body to come alive. We are looking at life, in the, 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 the law of the spirit of life. Praise God. So the law, now let's, let's look at what the law 
does. Now, what is called the law of sin that leads to death? The law of sin that leads to death is actually the law that brought the, the, the laws of commandments. Let me put it that way. The laws of commandments or the laws of Moses. Okay? The laws of commandment or the laws of Moses. But let's look at what the scripture we read earlier said. It says, sin was in the world and men were dying, yet men were not held accountable because there was no law. So when was the law introduced? The law was introduced under the Old Testament. When Moses gave the law of commandments. Before then, let's look at a few scriptures and also let's look at um, what the scripture had to say concerning how the law defines sin. It is the law that defines sin. First John chapter 3 verse 4, please. First John 3, 4. It says, whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. So the law defines sin as what? The transgression of the law. So sin is the transgression of the law. So wherever there is no law, there will be no sin. Amen? Wherever there is no law, there will be what? No sin. So from the garden all the way until Moses gave the law, there was no sin. Was, there, was sin in existence? Yes. Was death killing people? Yes. But men were not held accountable. I'll give you a few examples. In the garden. In the garden, the only law that was given in the garden was the law given to Adam. Eat of every tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that shall not eat. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And Adam ate it. So when Adam ate that tree, he died. He transgressed the law given to him. And so he died. He faced the consequences of his action, which affected every man because he was the first man as regards to what? All men. So in in terms of humanity, he was the first man as regards to what? All men. Praise God. So when he went against the law, he was in transgression and he received the consequences of his action, which is what? Death. There was no law as well in the garden against murder. So you find out that Cain killed the brother Abel. There was no law against anybody killing anybody. So when he murdered the brother, the only reason or the only time we got to know that he had done something wrong was when the brother's blood started crying against him. And when that happened, God had to put a mark on him so that nobody will do the same thing he has done to the brother to him. That was how God dealt with them. For example, under that dispensation as well, there was no law as to how many women you can marry. So when Abraham went to sleep with um, the, the, the maid to produce Ishmael, Ishmael was not necessarily a product of sin. 
Because there was no law like that that said that you cannot have many women or you cannot sleep with many women. And there was no law that said you should marry only one wife then. And so what happened? What happened was Ishmael was a product of self-effort. Self-effort under that law was not necessarily a sin. He broke no law by allowing the wife to encourage him to sleep with um, the maid to produce Ishmael. Under that dispensation, righteousness was by works. So self-effort was not a sin. But under our dispensation, self-effort is a sin. Under our dispensation, we are supposed to depend solely on God. We must depend on Calvary to have all of our needs met. So when a man depends on his effort, that man is transgressing the word of the Lord. Praise God. Now let's look at Romans chapter 5 verse 13. Romans chapter 5 verse 13. Romans chapter 5 verse 13. The scripture says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, or men were not accountable for it. Men were not accountable for sin without the law. So the law was introduced by Moses so that men can be held accountable. Sin was in the world, but no one was held accountable for it without the law. That's what the scripture is saying. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. So if there is anything that can eliminate the law, it will automatically also eliminate sin. Let me say that again. So if anything or a law is introduced that can eliminate the law or overrule the law, it will automatically also eliminate or overrule sin. Because where there is no law, there will be no sin. If that is true, then it meant that if the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin and death, it means in Christ Jesus, the law of sin that leads to death stops operating in your life and therefore you cannot sin. I want to take it again. If the law of the spirit of life, if the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, if the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin, hallelujah, which leads to death, from the law of sin, which leads to death, it means in Christ Jesus, the law of sin that leads to death stops operating in your life and therefore you cannot sin. This is why the scripture in 1 John 3, 9 says or has this to say. Let's look at that. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin 
Because he is born of God. Because in Christ Jesus, there is no law of sin that leads to death. Because death has been overcome. Christ overcame death in his death. So that's why the scripture says that whosoever is born of God, to be born of God means to be born again. The man from above does not commit sin. Why? For his seed remaineth in him. What's the seed that remaineth in you? The word of the Lord. First Peter um, one twenty three says we are born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Not the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that what liveth and abideth forever. His seed remaineth in him, abideth in him forever. Hallelujah. So we, if the reason why men begin to have problem with these scriptures, especially the scripture in 1 John 3, 9, is because we come to the place where we become self-conscious. We are, or we are sin conscious. And we forget to understand what the gospel teaches about the new creation in Christ Jesus. We are saved not by our own obedience, but by the obedience of Christ. So in Christ Jesus, there is nothing like sinless perfection. Hallelujah. There is nothing like what? Sinless perfection. But all of our sins were laid on Christ. Isaiah 53, 1 to 10 tells us that. It tells us how he was acquainted with sorrow. Who has believed our report and to whom is, is the arm of the Lord revealed? Okay, talking is a messianic scripture. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Praise God. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Praise God. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He bore our griefs. All of our griefs and sorrow were placed upon the spirit of Christ. And he bore our grief and our sorrow. So Jesus took our place in death. Salvation is not so much of what we have done or can do, but what Christ accomplished for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. What Christ accomplished for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, so this great work of redemption made us perfect with the perfection of Christ before God. It is not sinless perfection, but it is the perfection of Christ. The same way Christ was made perfect by the Holy Spirit that gave birth to him, that regenerated him from the dead to life. It's the same spirit that lives in us. And that same spirit brings us the perfection of Christ before God. So before God, we are made perfect. 
we walk in perfection. The perfection of his beauty. Praise the Lord. That means that the new creation is perfect in Christ. That's why I like Sinatra's song, this song. We are perfect in him. We praise your name. So we are perfect in him, in Christ. Your perfection is not by you, but it's by the life of Christ in you. Praise the Lord. Now, so we walk with that understanding that the new creation is perfect. He is sinless. He does not have sin because Christ took the sin away. He laid it on himself. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 to 56, please. It is, this is why the scripture says, O death, where is thy sting? O grief, where is thy victory? 56. The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is what? Sin. And the strength of sin is the law. So when the law was taken away, Christ took away that law. When he took away the law, he also took away the strength of sin. And he also took away the sting of death. So we are no more spiritually dead. We are alive unto God. We are alive unto God. It's called being righteousness conscious. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a higher law. Because in Christ Jesus, there is no sin. There because he took it away. And so in Christ Jesus, there is no law of sin that leads to death. That's why we don't die in Christ. We sleep in Christ. Hallelujah. We sleep in Christ. So when Jesus was communicating to his disciples concerning Lazarus, when he was going to raise him, he used the heavenly language. He said, Lazarus, our friend, is asleep. Let us go and wake him. They did not understand. They said, Lazarus is asleep. Okay, let's go. Then he told them, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I mean, Lazarus is dead because they were earthlings. They were still men of their senses. So they were moved and led by their senses. They only understood what their senses spoke to them. So they understood that Jesus was actually saying that Lazarus, <laughs> Lazarus was sleeping, physically sleeping. But Lazarus was not physically sleeping. Lazarus was dead. And Jesus wanted to go and what? Resurrect him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15. So we walk with understanding that the new creature or the new creation is perfect. Say, tell yourself, I'm perfect. I was created in perfection. Now, the scripture says in Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. What was the enmity? Even the law of commandments. That is the law of sin and death. The law of commandments contained in ordinances. Contained where? In ordinances. For to make in himself of twine one new man. The new man is the new creation. So making peace. This is how we receive peace. Romans 5, 1 tells us that we are justified. We are justified before God. Therefore, we are at peace. It is therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be justified 
by faith means that you are declared not guilty. This is what Jesus did in his flesh when the flesh was crucified. So the strength of sin is the law. In order for Jesus to free mankind of sin, he had to abolish the law of commandments. To abolish simply means to cancel or to obliterate or to remove completely. Praise God. To remove completely. So Colossians 2.14. Let's, let's look at that. Colossians 2.14. Now see, see, see what the scripture says here. It says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. The handwriting of ordinances were the commandments that Moses wrote. Okay. The ordinances that Moses wrote with the handwriting. That was against us. So what was against us was the law. The law made sure that men can now be held accountable. The strength of the law is sin. Hallelujah. The, sorry, the strength of sin is the law. So the law made sin very apparent. The law made sin as well to become now um, a, thing, a stumbling block between men and God that they could not fulfill the righteous demands of God. The only person that ever fulfilled it and that could ever fulfill it was Jesus Christ. And when he did, he, the scripture tells us that he put aside all the handwriting. Now, Colossians 2.14 says, bloating out. Bloating out means wiping away completely. The handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us. And the handwriting which was contrary to us, we saw earlier on, is what? The commandment, the law of commandments, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So Ephesians and Colossians say the same thing, nailing it to whose cross? His cross. No one kept them. Jesus was the only one who kept the law. When he kept it, he put it away because nobody had the capacity to keep the law. So what does the New Testament have to say about the new, the new creation or the born again man and the law? Let's look at that. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Now it says, knowing this, you must know this. So it's a consciousness we renew our mind with this. You must know this. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. The lawless and the disobedient who are the, the, is the man that have refused to accept the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for the ungodly and for sinners. For unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. He says that the righteous man has no law, so he has nothing to transgress because there is no law. Therefore, he cannot sin. Does that, does that make sense? Yet, the scripture says this. So the law of commandments cannot function in the righteous man, in the new creation, and also in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, there is no what condemnation. At the same time, he is not lawless. The law of commandments 
cannot function in the new creation, in the believer, yet he is also not lawless. I want to say this again because I'm going somewhere with this. Now, the law of commandments cannot function in him because the commandments were not given to the new creation. The commandments were given to Israel and the Jews. And even that, none of them could fulfill it. So a man had to be born under the law, for the law, to fulfill it, so that those of us that were outside the law can be engrafted in and become part of the one new man, the new creation that he created. Now, so the law of commandments cannot function in the new creation, yet he is not without law, or he is not lawless. He functions in another law. What other law? It's a higher law. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is what God had actually programmed in the tree of life that Adam was supposed to eat of and he rejected in the garden. Hallelujah. That is why there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 10, 1 to 4, please. Romans 10, 1 to 4. So, brethren, this is now Paul's heart concerning Israel. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Why? Because they were the ones under the law, giving the commandment of the laws, which they could not fulfill. But they thought that that is the only way. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Knowledge is very important. That's why it says, know this. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness. So it is possible to be ignorant of God's righteousness. God's righteousness is predicated on what Christ has done. Him who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.21, don't go there, please. That we might be made, so we were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We were made, we were made. We, we did not become because of what we did. We were made. It is, it is something bequeathed to us because of the grace of God. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness. So there is the possibility that you can establish your own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So it is very possible for the new creation man. For the man that is born again. To submit himself to, the, to what their own righteousness. What is called self-righteousness. And when that happens, you come under the condemnation of the law of sin that leads to death. That means that anybody that is under the law of sin, the rebellious, the unbelieving, whatever happens to them will happen to you even though you are born again. Verse 4. Verse 4. For, then he goes to say, For Christ is the end of the law. Why? For righteousness to everyone that believeth. So faith in what Christ has done, his death, his burial, his resurrection, brings an end to the law in the life of the believer. That is why the believer is not 
made to follow the Ten Commandments or the commandment or the ordinances that were written with hands. Why? Because it was not given to the new creation. It was given to Israel. This is the case um, um, the case Paul was making here. So Paul is saying, for Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believeth. What kind of righteousness? The righteousness of God. Not self-righteousness. Praise the Lord. Not self-righteousness. Now we're going somewhere with this. So please stay with me. And don't lose me. So there is nothing like sinless perfection in the New Testament. That means that we are perfect. But it doesn't mean that the believer that is perfect. The perfection is without sin. Hallelujah. Now. You are not righteous because you behave well. You were made righteous because of what Christ did. Now, how then do we live without the law? As a new creation, how can you live without the law? Let me answer that. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. So Hebrews 9 14. Let's look at that quickly. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. How much more shall the blood, now the way to live without the law is knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the fact that the blood of Christ through the Holy Spirit offered Christ without spot to God to purge our conscience from dead works. So the state of a man is his conscience, that his conscience from dead works. So your conscience has been purged from dead works. What is the meaning of dead works? Dead works includes every human effort. Under the New Testament, under the under grace, when we talk about human effort, it is a sin. And so dead works includes every human effort to meet up with God's righteous standards or God's righteousness. Sin consciousness is part of dead works. We are made perfect through Christ's perfection. We are not made perfect by our own perfection. We are made perfect through Christ's perfection. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. I'll be stopping the next uh, six minutes. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So we have been perfected forever. You have been called into the beloved. You have been perfected forever. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are the sanctified ones? The sanctified ones are are the men that have been called sons. The man that is from above. The man that is born again. He is called the sanctified one. Praise the Lord. He is the sanctified one. Wonderful. If that is the case. If that is the case. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 26 and 28. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world. Has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself? So he put away sin through what? The sacrifice of himself. 
So that's why in him there is no sin. That's why the man in Christ has no condemnation. That's why in him dwells the seed of God, which is the word of God that gave birth to him. That's why the scripture says what? Therefore he cannot sin because the root of sin is what? That nature of sin that has been taken away. So the believer, even if you sin, you are not a sinner. You are a saint that is sinning, that needs to stop sinning. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Hallelujah. Them that look for him shall he what? Appear the second time without sin. So Christ is going to appear to us when he appears the second time in his perfection. And as he is, so will we be. How then do you walk in the light? In four minutes, let me start that. That's what I'm going to, I will be um, ending there and then continue part two on this. Walking in the light. How then do we walk in the light? Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 to 18. So, if we have come into this marvelous light, we have come into the light of God. Now, how do we walk in it? This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. So, what must take place in the mind of the believer is what is called renewing your mind. Now, having the, the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. So, if the scripture is saying that their minds is, do not, let's go back to verse 17. Very, very important. Let me, let me lay emphasis. It says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. So, if in the New Testament, he's telling us not to walk like other Gentiles walk, it means that there is the possibility to walk like the Gentiles walk. How? In the vanity of their mind. One. Next verse. 18. Having the understanding darkened. Now we have seen how when a, a man is a nephews, a baby in Christ, their understanding is darkened. Spiritual truths are foolishness to them. When you begin to esteem spiritual truths as foolishness, being alienated from the life of God. In other words, these men are men that are not connected to the divine life, the Zoe of God. True, and how does this happen? Through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Their heart is darkened. Their spirit man has not been regenerated. Praise God. Now, verse 20, please. 20 to 21 of the same chapter 4. It says, but ye have not so learned Christ. So, the way we do not walk like Gentiles is to learn Christ. How do we learn Christ? We learn Christ, the mind of Christ, the way he taught, the way he talked, the way he, he, he walked in the light. That's what we do. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. We have already dealt with what the old man is. The old man 
is that old Adam, the old spirit that is unregenerated, which is corrupt according to the deceitful desires, deceitful lusts. So put off. Now there's there's what we put off. Now so perfection in Christ will not jump on you. The life of Christ in you will not jump on you. You do the putting off. Put off concerning the former conversation. Put off concerning the old conduct, the old life. We put it off. Hallelujah. We put it off. And when we put it off, we put on. Verse 23 to 24, I'll stop there. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So the renewal of your mind is very, very important. And that you put on. So there is a putting off, there is a putting on the new man. In other words, walk in the consciousness of the new man. You are a new creation after the new man. Therefore, speak the way heaven will speak. Don't esteem spiritual things lightly. Put off the old man and its conversation, its conduct, the old conduct. Put it off. No man will put it off for you. You put it off. Which after God is created in righteousness. So God has created us in righteousness and true holiness. This is where I will stop. I'll continue part two. If you listen to part one, you will not, and if you don't listen to part two, you will not understand the whole message. You need to understand the whole message to understand the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a spiritual law that is higher than the law of sin that leads to death. The law of sin that leads to death is ruled by the old man. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is ruled by the new man and is created in after God in righteousness and true holiness. So he says, as a new man in Christ, learn Christ, put off the old man. There is what is called a putting off. It is not something that jumps on you. You do it. You do the putting off. And we shall be looking at what the putting off is. And you put on. So the old man is corrupt according to deceitful desires. Praise God. I'll stop here. So there is a putting off. The spirit life is a conscious life we live. And when we live, we live in the renewing of the spirit of the mind. You must renew your mind to be consistent with what the word of God says. There is a new law. The new creation is not lawless there is a new law in christ jesus and that law in christ jesus says put off and put on so there is a putting on there is a place to put on where we put on the bond of unity we put on the bond of love there is a place where you put on last and last for desires there's a place where you put off the old man and put on the new man praise god so we put on the new man and the new man is created after god in righteousness and true holiness. This is where we start from in part two. Thank you. So in the new creation, in the, 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 the law of the spirit of life has, has a law and the commandments and things to follow. Things like put on and things like put off. We live from the inside out. We don't live from the outside in. Hallelujah. So, there is what to put off. If the scripture says there is what to put off in the New Testament, it means there is what to put off. And if it says there is what to put on, it means there is what to put on. 
The new man is a, is a new garment. You wear him. You walk in him. Your mind is renewed in him. Praise God. So the, the, there is nothing like because you are a new creation under grace, you are lawless. No, 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 no. The new, new Testament says put on and put off. So there are things to put off. There are things to put on. So we, we are not, if you read on, it says that old man is in deceitfulness after, after, this, uh, after lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is like a man without break. So you have desires that don't have break. A man that have anything, you want to do anything and enjoy anything. No, 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 no. He says, well, for putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor. The new man only knows truth. The old man can never tell the truth. For we are members one of another. And I'll talk about this next week. When we talk about putting away lying. Sometimes some of the things we say are lies. Oh, my body, I'm sick. You are not sick. You are well. When you say you are sick, you are lying. The new man can never be sick. Amen. Oh, I don't have money. The new man can never say I lack. The Bible says in Zion, none shall lack. Amen. Including even lacking your wife or your husband. Yeah, none shall lack their mate. So you cannot say that. If you say that, you are put, it says put away. Put away lying. You have been lying. Lying to yourself. Stop lying. Amen. Lies is not only when you go and fabricate things. When you say what is not consistent with what the word of God says concerning the new creation man, you are a liar. And you have made God a liar. You have made his word a lie. Mm-hmm. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. If you're not sure that you are born again, but you want Jesus to be resident as the Holy Spirit. They say, soon you will not see me. That's his death. But he says, soon you will see me because I go to the Father. The only way we can see him is through the Holy Spirit. If for any reason you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you quickly now, wherever you are, just pray this prayer with me, declare with me, Father, let the Spirit of God come into me. Let me not be the same. I ask, oh God, that make me a new creation through the work of regeneration, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, I receive into my spirit a new spirit. I am a new creation from today. I refuse to be the son and the daughter of the devil. I receive from today the spirit of sonship. Therefore, I take dominion. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit will come into me strong in the name of Jesus. Now pray this prayer me, declare me in the name of Jesus. If you don't speak in tongues, declare me in the name of Jesus. By the evidence of speaking in tongues, I receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and with the outward manifestation to begin to speak in tongues now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I receive the gift of speaking in the Holy Ghost now. I went across the deep blue sea Couldn't find one to compare 
to your grace, your love, your mercy.